Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, come on all over the building. Just lift your hands and love Him.
Jesus is in this room. He's here to heal you. He's here to touch you. How many feel him today? Oh, hallelujah. You can't sing about Jesus and him not show up. You can't start talking about the blood and Jesus walking. I'm telling you, he's here today. Amen. Remain standing with me. Amen. We are so honored that our evangelists, Brother Dylan and Sister Paris Morgan, are back with us this morning on this Sunday morning. This, unfortunately, this, unfortunately, is their last service for this time here, and uh, he'll be headed to Ontario, Canada, tomorrow morning to preach at a youth camp there, and uh, we're so honored that you all have taken time to be here, and uh, these are Christian people. These are, these are godly people that are who they are um, in the building as the, they're the same outside of the building. They just love the Lord. And uh, I'm thankful for their voice in this church. Didn't we hear a word from the Lord on Wednesday night? God has, will send it me. Will send it me. He's going to bring a word from God to us today. How many of you are going to preach with the preacher this morning? Come on. Come on. We've come for a move of the Holy Ghost. He's here. We might as well have church. Let's welcome Evangelist Dylan Morgan as he comes today. Well, praise God. You know how that song would go if it wasn't for Jesus? What can wash away my sins? Nothing. What can make me whole again? Nothing. But thanks be to God that he struggled up Calvary's cross. Because now we can say, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? nothing but the blood of Jesus thank God for the blood where would we be if it wasn't for the blood what would we be if it wasn't for the blood you ought to ask your neighbor aren't you thankful for the blood here today hallelujah I'm thankful for the blood the precious blood He said that the blood had perished between the altars long enough. But then there was a precious blood. It wasn't at the blood of goats or bulls. It was a different type of blood. It was a blood that knew no sin. That came from the lamb slain from the foundations. And when it ran down that cross and it found its way somehow into the holiest of holies. The veil that kept you and I, the Gentiles, away, it was torn. And those of us that were afar off were brought near by the blood. You're here today and you have never experienced salvation. I've got good news. The blood was shed for you. You're here today and you need a miracle. I've got good news. The blood was shed for you. My, my, my. There's a little preach in this pulpit. My, my, my. I'm going to try to slow down here because I just get going right now. We could just have good church and call it a day right here. Amen. What an honor it is to be back at the Anchor Church, especially in your pastor's absence. 
in whom I give much honor, to whom honor is due, and that is to your pastor and your pastor's wife, brother and sister Bounds. Amen. Amen. I grew up in the home of a pastor, and if there's one thing I know that a pastor desires when he's not there is for the church to have good church. Because the true heart of a shepherd is always with his sheep, even when he's off somewhere else. And so I just pray that we would have a dynamic move of the Holy Ghost here today. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. And to my friend, Brother Cody up the grave and his wife, Sister Lorna, whom I love, appreciate so very much, and their kids. And I'm just so thankful for what God is doing right here in Zanesville and the leadership that he has blessed you with. And all of the staff that keeps the wheels on the bus going round and round and round. Aren't you thankful for the leadership here in Zanesville? Amen. Praise God. Let's get into the word of the Lord here, if that's all right. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. We're going to begin reading at chapter 9, verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. The Holy Ghost has been dealing with me this morning and drudgery of the trip that I had back from Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, it was it was quite an experience. I did not know that every time lightning strikes that they have to reset the clock for the ground crew to let you off the plane. But I learned that yesterday, somewhere around hour and 45 minutes, I was like, you know, I guess they're a little afraid of lightning around here. So, but I'm glad to be here today. Isaiah chapter nine, verse number six. If you have it, say amen very familiar passage of scripture why don't you read it with me everybody let's just all read this as one big choir here today for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Now you got to say that like with a little more confidence because this kingdom is not like other kingdoms that rise and fall. This kingdom is not like kingdoms that set up and they, and they begin to become decadent and they begin to just, to just demise and they go away. This kingdom is even forever. That even is important, especially the forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to try to preach to you on this subject. This is a movement. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and would you ask that heaven would minister in this room? Come on, Anchor Church, would you lift your voice as you've worshiped beautifully? Now can we do what us apostolics know how to do best? And that's pray. Come on, all across the house. Come on, open your voices from the front to the back. Lord, I love you. I so thank you for this day. So thank you, God, for all that you have already accomplished, for the liberty that I feel in this room. Anoint your vessel, God, like I have never been anointed. Put your words in my mouth to declare what thus saith the word of the Lord is. Submit myself unto you right now. I take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance in this room. 
I loose the gifts of the Spirit to begin to operate and flow in this house, oh God. I pray that you would confirm this word with signs following. Come on, Saintsville, let's lift our voices. Come on, Anchor Church, would you lift your voices? Amen. If you believe God's about to do a great work, turn to your neighbor and say, God can. Say it like you believe it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, whatever you've come needing, God can. Amen. Clap your hands one more time before you're seated. Amen. A few years ago, one of my closest friends and I were traveling to preach a crusade in outside of Los Angeles, California, in a uh, valley city called Tulare, California. And as we flew in a day early into Los Angeles airport, we wanted to go visit the Bonnie Bray house in Azusa Street and just kind of feel what we felt, you know, where that great revival took place in 1906. And we went to the Bonnie Bray house and I remember standing there in front of that house and reading the little plaque that they had given to memorialize this momentous revival that started in 1906, April 9th. They joined together in this house and they began to pray. And people began to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and word began to grow because the Bible said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And the Bible says that no man cometh to the Father lest the Spirit draw him. And it was out of that Bonnie Bray house that the Spirit of God began to be loosed all over Los Angeles. And people were drawn to that house. And they were just drawn there by the miraculous move of the Holy Ghost that was taking place in a prayer meeting. It's no coincidence that on Wednesday night that it was just like an overwhelming sense of prayer that came into this place. God is trying to stir up prayer warriors in this room again so that there can be a loosening of the Spirit of God across Zanesville one more time. Amen. And we were there, and I remember standing at the Bonnie Bray house and thinking, wow, this is great. And then we hopped in the car and we drove down to Azusa Street and we saw where that little shack, that building of which many received the Holy Ghost and many received miracles, it was all commemorated with one little plaque that was put in the ground. And we stood there reading the plaque. And I remember reading that plaque. And I had visited this memorial before, but something about this time, a sense of being underwhelmed came upon me. Almost as though I was, I was just like, I thought this was going to feel better. This, this moment was going to feel like, I don't know, maybe a Jacob's Ladder thing was going to happen when I visited the memorial and the heavens were going to part and angels were going to start ascending and descending upon me. I didn't know what to expect, but I remember standing there and I felt underwhelmed by the moment. And I remember looking at my friend and we agreed in what we were feeling. And it was at that moment that the Lord prompted me. And he said, that's because this thing was never meant to be a memorial to what once was great. It was always meant to be a movement that greater things were on the horizon. 
Everything about the kingdom of God, it's increase and it's growth and it's supposed to get better. If you begin to study the memorials that have taken place throughout the Bible, the Bible says that he told the children of Israel when they came into Canaan, he said, you put stones under the river Jordan when it parts. And then when you get on the other side into Gilgal, you erect 12 stones there and you bring your children back to those stones and you tell them how God brought you out of Egypt and you tell them how he slew the kings in the wilderness and you tell him how your clothes were never outgrown, how your shoes were never outgrown, how I fed you uh, from, from heaven, how I literally caused a rock to follow you in the wilderness and to give you water. He said, you tell him about all of those things. But one thing that I find peculiar about this memorial is he never told him to build a house on the memorial because he didn't want them living in what was. He wanted them to remember the greatness of what was so that it could propel them into the majesty of what was coming because everything about the kingdom of God is that which is supposed to expand is that which is supposed to grow Jesus began to talk to us about the parables of the kingdom he said how can I liken unto the kingdom of heaven he says it's as a man that went forth and sowed and he sowed into his field and he arose night and day and one day when he woke up he went out to the field and when he was looking over the field he saw that there was a harvest there and he knew not how and he goes on a few verses later in Mark chapter 6 and he says how can I liken the kingdom of heaven unto you? It's like that of a mustard seed that when it is planted it's a small thing that when it is planted it's a little thing but once it gets into the ground and that mustard seed begins to grow it outgrows everything else around it. It becomes the greatest thing in the field. Let me tell this great body that I have come with a word from the Lord for the Pentecostals that are under the sound of my voice that the greatest days of apostolic revival are not behind you. Your pastor told me the stories on Wednesday how they came in groves but I'm here today to tell you there's about to be a second wind that comes across this body. There's about to be a second word that is released across the Acre Church. You haven't seen all that God has. You haven't seen the greatest that God has. I need somebody to shout yes. If you believe it, I need you to clap your hands and give the Lord a great praise. It's going, the kingdom is that which expands, is that which is growing. And let me talk to some new converts here for just a minute. Or maybe you're a guest here today. And you are here and you feel the Spirit of God moving in this service as we begin to sing about the blood. It was inevitable that you felt the Spirit of God. You might call it a goosebump. You might call it energy. There's a lot of people that call the Spirit of God energy because they don't understand what they were feeling. I remember my wife and I went into a store called Tuesday Morning after we had moved into our condo once we got married and she needed to buy a few decorative pieces because you always need a few more decorative pieces. I love you, baby. And so we went into the store. And I remember going in there, and the lady behind the store, she recognized something that was about just different about my beautiful wife. She said, there's a different energy about you. It's not energy that you're feeling in here. You're feeling the Spirit of God. 
It's not emotion. You see, there's a, there's a group of people that they want to label us Pentecostals, uh, emotionalists. Well, you can go to that church, but it's all emotionalism. Uh, they run under the emotion. They, they jump under the emotion. And can I tell you why they can't understand what we're feeling? Jesus told Nicodemus exactly why. They couldn't understand what they were feeling because when he looked at him, he said, no man can even see into the kingdom of God lest he is born again of water and of spirit. So you're trying trying to see into something today that you cannot see into until you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. If you think what you're feeling today is great, you wait till you get on the other side of the curtain. If you think what you're seeing today is powerful, you wait until you get on the other side of the curtain. There's a move in this place. There's an undercurrent in this house. It'll take you from where you're at. It'll take you from a liar. It'll take you from a drug addict. It'll take you from a broken family. It'll... laying in bed and I begin to think about this last night. It'll take a business owner. I don't know why I feel this today. It'll take a business owner that has a hardened heart. That has a heart that is hard towards the thing of God. That has a heart that is hard because life wasn't easy on him when he was a child. And when he grows up he becomes a hardened man to the things of the spirit. It won't just take the drug addict. It won't just take the one that comes from a broken home. It'll take the successful. It'll take the rich it'll take every single person because the Bible says that this right here is no respecter of persons what does that mean preacher that means whether you're rich or you're poor we all start on the same ground whether you're up or you're down whether you're black or you're white whether you're talented or you don't have mine I feel the Holy Ghost in this place whether you got it all together or you can't put two coins together whether you got everything going for you you got scholarships going out your ears you got life set up or you've come here today and you don't have anything together your marriage is falling apart your family's falling apart he's no respecter of persons he'll take you from where you're at he'll pick you up he'll turn you around he'll place your feet on the rock that is Christ Jesus he'll give you a foundation that won't waver he'll give you a foundation that won't move I feel the Holy Ghost somebody needs to rejoice in the kingdom right now come on really rejoice for a few moments Something's breaking into the anchor right now. Something's moving. Come on, I feel it moving. I feel a wind rushing into this place. Come on, worship him for the next 30 seconds. I want you to take 30 seconds right now. I'm going to lay this microphone down, and I want you to let out a worship. I want you to let out a praise. I want you to let out a heartfelt cry. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. It's the kingdom. And this kingdom is a movement. This kingdom is a progressive thing. It's a growing thing. You see, the kingdoms of the world were envisioned by the wicked king. 
And he comes and he's trying to get the wicked men in Daniel chapter 2 to interpret his dream. And none of his soothsayers can interpret his dream. Somebody here today, you've come into the house of God and, and you've gone to other preachers and you tell them about the rumbling that you're feeling in your spirit. You feel a pool and you can't quite explain it. And you've gone to other people and none of them have made clear what you're feeling. Can this preacher make it clear for you today? Nebuchadnezzar, I believe it was, he said, I don't know what I'm feeling. And Daniel says, I have the interpretation. He said, what you saw was an image. He said, and this image started, the head was gold. And then it went down to brass, I mean silver. And then it went down to brass. And then it went down to iron. And then it went down to iron and clay mingled together. And he said, these are the kingdoms of the world. Now I need you to hear that for just a minute. Because it started at a substance that was valuable. And it went down to a substance that had no value. Because he was talking about the, de the degeneration of the kingdoms of the world. How they start beautiful. How they start glamorous. How they start with a little shimmer to it. And then all of a sudden it begins to just fade a little bit. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody. You're in the world. And it started. It felt good in the beginning. And it just kept getting less and less and less and less appealing. That's because everything that has to do with the world is on one path. And it's not an upward trajectory. It's a downward spiral. It'll never get better. It'll never start feeling better. You're on a downward spiral. But thanks be to God that Daniel saw a vision of a stone and this stone was cut without hands and it comes down and it smashes the feet of the image and the image falls and I love what it says after that and then a wind blew them away like chaff now don't miss the wind because the rock was Christ Peter made that known when he tells him that he was the stone of which the builders rejected that has now come to the chief cornerstone because when Daniel saw the stone it started small and it smote the image and then it began to grow and it began to grow and it turned into a mighty mountain because when God's kingdom starts in your life it'll start small but it doesn't end small it just keeps getting bigger and it just keeps getting greater and it just keeps growing Because everything about the kingdom of God is on a trajectory of growth and magnification feel like I'm dealing with a mindset here today. you got to understand that God's kingdom does not grow stagnant. Now, we grow stagnant, but God's kingdom does not grow stagnant. I looked up a definition of stagnation on Friday. I just wanted to know kind of what it meant. And one of the definitions that I found was, is a set of recycled experiences. Now you got to hear that because when Ezekiel saw the vision of the kingdom, he said it started in the temple. Now you got to understand what he saw when he said, I saw it start in the temple because the Bible says, according to the apostle Paul, that the temple is no longer brick and mortar, but now it's flesh and blood. We are the temple of the Lord. He said, I saw this. He said, and the water began to stir in the temple. That's the day that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's getting Christ in you. That's John chapter seven. When it begins to 
talk about rivers of living water. He said it would be rivers of living water, but this spake he of the Spirit, but they couldn't understand it because Christ had not yet been glorified. What he was trying to say is, I'm going to put a river on the inside of you, and it's going to flow, but thanks be to God, it wasn't a singular river. It's plural rivers because it's not just one flow. It's an element of growth and continuation, and it's going to keep getting greater and more powerful and more potent in my life. I feel the river getting deeper in this room here today. It started at the ankles, then it gets up to the knees, then it gets up my He said, I saw it. He said, and it started getting greater. He said, and when the man went forward, he measured. And when he measured, he measured a thousand. That word measured comes from the original word hadad, which literally means to stretch oneself. Somebody say stretch. It's the same word used when the prophet stretched over the child. He stretched over the child and the child sneezed and the child came to life. Why did that happen? Because whenever man is willing to stretch, God is willing to send the miraculous flow. And you see, you get, the, you get the flow of the Spirit the day that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's powerful. But let me tell you something, friend. It's just the beginning. I said it's just the beginning. Oh, But I also want to talk a little bit about the process of stagnation that took place when it said and then I looked at the miry places and the marshy places that means there was no flow that means that there was no movement going on there and if I looked up stagnation correctly and it says that it is a set of recycled experiences I now want to preach to somebody that knows exactly what your prayer meeting is going to look like when you wake up in the morning You see, a true child of God should not just have a recycled set of experiences. No, when I wake up in the morning, grace and mercy, they're new that day. When I wake up in the morning, I have the newness of the kingdom of God. When I wake up in the morning, it gets better and it gets greater. I'm excited about waking up tomorrow because if it's this great today, that means if I truly have the kingdom in our Operation, it'll be even more powerful when I wake up in the morning. I'm here to preach to somebody. The kingdom is the greatest thing in the world. And what you need is a release of the movement that's trying to come. Come on, lift your hands and say, send it here, Lord. Send it here, Lord. Send it here, Lord. Oh, come on. You need to really say it like you believe it. Come on, we need a few more. Come on, somebody else say it like that. Send it here, Lord. I feel a little surge of the Holy Ghost right there. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 37 that the Bible says that the man stood and the Lord said prophesy to the bones. And when he prophesied to the bones, Brother Cody, the 
bones began to come together. And then the Bible says sinew came upon sinew. And all of this stuff began to happen. God began to put the broken. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. The Lord spoke to me this morning. God began to put the broken back together. God began to mend broken things. God began to mend things that were shattered. God began to put back things that people said it'll never live again. It'll never be great again. But then he told him again, now son of man, I need you to prophesy another time. And I felt deep in my spirit that there's about to be a second prophecy. The first prophecy has come. And sister Pounds, it was powerful. And it was great. And it sent a mighty revival to the anchor church. But I now see a second prophecy. And the second prophecy is about to prophesy to the wind. And every person that was broken that has been put back together is about to get a hold of the wind. And I'll tell you why the wind is powerful. Because while the first prophecy put you together, the second prophecy is going to send you you didn't hear what I just said. I said this second prophecy. There's going to be a sending. There's going to be a release. Come on. I need somebody to get a hold of the word right now. And shout with a voice of triumph. I said the second prophecy. I feel ascending in this house. It's what God said on Wednesday night. God is in the going. We get Peter. Peter, Peter had a syndrome. I, I call it the Peter syndrome, Brother Cody. Peter had, this, I, Peter had this issue because Peter goes up on the mount with Jesus. He takes Jesus, takes Peter, James, and John, and they go up on the mount. And they get up there and they see Jesus standing and he's got Moses on one hand and Elijah on the other. He's got the law and the prophet. And when he sees this, Peter in his fecal mind looks to what is taking place and he says, let's build three tabernacles and we'll house this here and we won't let it go forward beyond this place. But then something shifted because the Bible says that there was like a transfiguring that took place and the glory shined about Jesus and they fell to their faces. And when they looked up the second time, oh, there's a power in the second prophecy. When they looked up the second time, all they saw was Jesus standing there because in him was the fulfillment of the laws and the prophecy. And the lesson to Peter was this, you can't tabernacle and make a memorial what I've deemed to be a movement. I thank God for everything that's happened but I've come today to tell you there's a second wind there's a second prophecy there's a second blowing I need this place to grab a hold with some faith right now come on I need you to buy into what I'm saying right now Is this all right? Second time, Peter. Jesus says, who do men say that I am? Some say thou art Elias. Some say thou art one of the prophets. Some say thou art Jeremiah. Who do you say that I am? Well, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to Peter, but my, to you, Peter, but my father, which is in heaven. And watch this. He gives him the keys of the kingdom. 
He says, upon this rock, what rock? The revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Upon that rock of the release of who God in the flesh is, I'm going to build a church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Okay, awesome. Two verses later, Jesus says, now listen, for this to be accomplished, the Son of Man is going to have to leave you for a little while. I have to go. I have, I have to go through some suffering and some trials. And the one that just revealed this is God in the flesh now pulls Jesus aside. So I need you to think about this. It's be like you pulling your dad aside and giving him an A1 shellacking. You know, where I come from, a shellacking is an earful, a, you know, a, a booty chewing. You know what I'm talking about? Where mama puts her finger in the chest and she's like, don't you ever do that again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so he pulled Peter. Now, he's got the revelation that this is God in the flesh and has the audacity to chew Jesus out because Jesus says, I've got to go from you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because anything that opposes a moving kingdom when the kingdom's trying to go forward and the king, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, and the kingdom's trying to expand and the kingdom is trying to go forward. When you resist the moving of the kingdom, you're likened unto the devil. Because when the kingdom's ready to go forward, nothing's going to get in its way. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And so we have to learn that everything about the kingdom is a growing kingdom. It's an expanding kingdom. Because now Peter is in the garden with Jesus. And the people come. And they're coming to get Jesus. And what does old Peter do trying to stop the kingdom one more time? He draws out his sword. And he cuts off the man's ear. And his ear is laying on the floor. And Jesus looks at Peter. What in the wide world are you doing now? And he picks up the ear. And he heals the man. He was trying to reveal to Peter, I must do what I have been sent to accomplish because if I don't, the kingdom can't go forward. I'm here right now to preach against the mindset uh, that says uh, it's good where it's at. Uh, let's just coast now for a little while. Uh, we've had good church. Uh, let's put it in neutral uh, and let's just ease down the mountain. Uh, I've come tonight uh, to today to preach uh, against the mindset that says uh, let's maintain uh, instead of move. Uh, I've come today to tell you uh, that there's a second prophecy uh, and the second prophecy says uh, the wind is about to send what God has put together. I need somebody to stand to your feet, lift your voice, and release your prayer. Lift your hands all across the house. Somebody release it. Somebody's holding it back right now. I feel it. Just release what you feel.
Would you lift your hands all across the house? Let's just get in a posture of surrendering. Come on, release yourself in the name of the Lord. There's a pause on me right now. I, I can't go any further until somebody releases what God's telling you. Releases the confirmation to what God's wanting to do in this room. There is an overwhelming sense of urgency in a going forth that is trying to happen in this room right now. And it's a catalyst moment for the second thing that God's wanting to do through this church. And I feel like when the prophet came to the woman that had just lost her husband, she was in debt. She said, they're coming for my sons. The debtors are coming. She said, they're coming for my sons because the debtors are coming. The, the, her sons were her future. Because as long as they had sons, they had the possibility of a continuance. And so the debtors were coming for her future. And the prophet says, so what do you have? What, what is in your disposal? What, what can you get access to? And she said, all I have left is a cruise of oil. I've just got a small little amount of oil left. That's all I've got. And he says, that'll work. And then he turns and he says, now I want you to go get every, I feel the Holy Ghost, every empty vessel you can get here. I want you to get every single empty vessel, as many as you can gather. And the Bible says that they went and they gathered every vessel that they could find and they brought it to the house. And the, the, the revelation in this moment is this is that there are people here that feel like what you have isn't enough for your future. Well, all I've got is a little bit of the Holy Ghost. Well, all I've got is a little bit of an anointing. Well, all I've got is a word that a preacher told to me 30 years ago and nothing's happened with it yet. But the power in this moment that this has to become a movement is this, the power of pouring out. It's the law of divine release because when one person is willing to release into an empty vessel, there will always be a divine flow that follows after because it wasn't one vessel that was filled. He said, borrow not a, a few from that one thing that she thought was not enough to save her or her sons became the answer not only to her but to the empty vessels. And the Bible says that when she sold the empty vessels that she was able to pay off her debt and live off of the rest one translation says it like this God gave her a retirement plan because when you come to these moments we like to get what we have and we like to protect it and maintain it but everything about the kingdom is a forward moving it's 
forward mo- motion. It's it's forward momentum. It's it's going forward in what God has for you. That's why when Jesus came to Philip in John chapter 7, I believe, and he looks over at Philip, he says, hey, Hoss, how much money do we have in the bank to feed this multitude? And Philip says, listen, Lord, 200 pence worth. Maybe that's all they had would not be enough for everybody to get a little bit. Uh, what he was trying to teach Philip, because there's a little clause in there where Jesus says, this said he to prove him. The proving is, is this. You're never going to have enough in what you have to do what God's calling you to do. But if you'll ever release what you got, God can take a lad's lunch and do more with five loaves and two fishes than we can do with 200 pence worth in the bank. And in this room right now, there is trying to be a releasing. There's trying to be a surrendering. And people are looking at the bank account. People are looking at the oil that they've got in reserve. And they're saying, we'll never have enough to supply the need. We'll never be enough to take care of what's going on. And the Lord's saying, you're right, you'll never be enough. But you plus my kingdom has always equaled sufficiency. I'm here today to tell every body if you'll release what God's telling you to release in this moment this thing is going to shift and there's going to be a second wind there's going to be a second prophecy there's going to be a second word Come on, I need you to understand what I'm saying right now. And I need you to release your voice. I need you to release your worship. I need you to stop holding back. I need you to stop waiting and say, if this thing's going to move, move through me. If this thing's going to break, let me be the breaker. Come on, somebody. There's a few of you that need to step out of the aisle. There's a few of you who haven't come off your chair in a while. You need to release this thing. You need to step into the flow and allow there to be a movement come out of you right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let there be a supernatural breaking. Let there be a supernatural breaking. Come on, everybody ought to be in this altar. If you've got legs to get you here, I need you to make your way to this altar. If you have the strength to come down to this altar, I need you to make your way to this altar right now. I need you to come with lifted hands and a lifted voice. And I need you to release what you've got. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.